0: Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 370. Uh, Happy New Year. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson. Uh, Adriano
1: is back. Hi. Miss me? How you doing, Adriano? Good. It's been like months, I think. Uh, August, I think, was the last time I was wow. here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, how you been? Oh, car died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sold a property, bought a property. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I heard there's a new variant. Um you heard it, eh? yeah. Uh, it they they took it from every single planet or race from Star Trek ever Omicron, so.
0: Well, I mean the Greek
1: letters yeah, have been used yeah. like in sci-fi
0: <laughs> since the beginning of sci-fi. Yeah,
1: but uh, no, I'm happy to be back.
0: Uh, how was your holidays?
1: Good, good, uh, better than the the uh, the previous ones. Most of my family was able to get, get together. Um, how oh, how nice. how's everyone else's holidays? Good, low key. Didn't Thor. Really
2: do that much. nice <laughs> i was like i said it and i was like someone's gonna make a fucking Loki joke know it. uh tim how, how are you doing yeah i'm here too by the way it's uh it's all good yep it, i've been uh i started back streaming again this week so I, I did uh i did a stream yesterday and then one today i don't normally stream on fridays but it was good it's it was a very nice um Everyone was very kind to me. It was a warm welcome back. So. Nice. Yeah. And you you had a move recently, right? Yeah, we're in a new house now. So, uh we were supposed to move in on the 8th. That got delayed to the 17th. Um that's a whole thing. I'm not going to get into it. Um and then obviously with that being pushed back, that pushed back stream schedule and stuff, but everything's kind of settling now. We're like in. We're we're starting to, you know, do new house stuff, fixing up things that the old owners like didn't want to take the time or effort to do and just uh, starting to make it our own. But um, yeah, and then I'm trying to fit some games in where I can here and there. Uh, Matt, how you doing?
3: I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, thanks, Matt. <laughs> all right. Some of the top stories this week. Uh, E3 is shifting to an online only event because of Omicron concerns. I also have Bioware uh, wants to rebuild its reputation and promises the highest quality games going forward. Ubisoft subscription service, uh, Ubisoft Plus, is coming to Xbox. Uh, at CES this year, Sony confirmed its next uh, version of the VR headset, and it's called PSVR2. The VR. And then finally,
2: <laughs>
1: the, 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 yeah. super creative name they got there. <laughs> I mean, it's a place finally, to shoot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> finally Days Gone director says it outsold Ghost of Tsushima. But was treated like a disappointment by management. However, he did amend something that he doesn't actually have the numbers. <laughs> so what? We'll talk a, we'll talk a bit yeah, about that. Yeah, it's, we get it's to a it. mess. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, let's start with what we're playing. Uh, Age round since I guess you've been away the longest. Oh, what have you been playing in that
1: time, boy? Um, so. I will save the obvious one for last because I have an announcement regarding that. Um, you, Matt, and I finished... This is how long has it been since we've been on the podcast. Um, you, Matt, and I finished Remnant from the Ashes.
0: That was that feels like years ago. I'm <laughs> going to say, that feels like two, three years ago. Holy <laughs> fuck.
1: Yeah. Um, I did, I, after the Dead Space announcement, the remake announcement, I wanted to play through some Dead Space, so I... I replayed the first two. You and I were going to go through the third one together, Ryan. But then we realized that EA can't invite people to an EA game anymore. Like that was... Their I, own services. That was shocking. That was bonkers to find out. Um, I started doing some Mario Kart playthrough. So uh, I replayed Super Mario Kart on the SNES. I am now on Mario Kart 64 off uh offer the N64. Um, and I'm gonna work my way through that series. <laughs> the obvious overwatch. I started control before I left my condo in August, and then I just kind of I wasn't able to return to it, or it was months because like I packed away stuff, so I'm gonna restart control probably on PC. Nice. My cat's now begging for food. Here you go, Bella. Um I tried Forza Motorsport Seven on Game Pass. Um, I it's it's not for me. I have to. I just want my Gran Turismo. That's all I want. It's coming out soon. It's coming out soon. Uh, sea of Thieves periodically. I started Pokemon Unite with some friends. Uh, we got into that mobile for a bit. Um, I played occasionally. Their, their they're they're every day or they you know they're they're doing their their battle pass or whatever the equivalent is. I started and finished a a uh, castlevania like game bloodstained curse of the moon um oh yeah yeah because there's another bloodstained uh game that i wanted to i want to get to i just haven't started but i got i started and finished that one it's like in, i did it in one sitting it was like like a three-hour game um <laughs> i tried but didn't get back to it but i'm going to try to go start it again state of decay year one because I uh, I saw I was watching your guys' playthrough of State of Decay two or whatever the hell it's called, and the announcement for State of Decay three kind of interests me. So I some I just kind of want to rip through some of State of Decay, uh, maybe in preparation for the third one. Um, I tried giving Halo the first Halo another shot, like I'd started again for the third time, and I just can't do it. I, I stopping you there yeah I don't know just I think it just might be no love for the I guess I, my next entry will probably explain it but just like I, I I'm replaying the Gears of War with my brother hmm. and like I just like oh I guess I was always just a Gears of War guy I was never a Halo guy Gears of War was the franchise that that I gravitated towards um, uh, I That's started
2: because like I really liked both
1: yeah, I, I I, feel like I should like, like I when I think about halo it's like I I feel like I've never given it a fair shot I feel like I I'm doing it at a disservice and I tried three times and I just all three times I've just fallen off and I guess just one of the things where it's like I guess it just doesn't drive with me it's not necessarily a bad game there's maybe not something wrong with me it's just me and it just we're not compatible
2: I was gonna say too like I mean, it is a 20 year old game. It Mm -hmm. might just be too old, but like at the same time, you're a major, major retro game. Yeah, like
1: like... I I do like old games. So, yeah, Um, as I said, I was playing Gears of War with my brother. We're actually going to start Gears of War five or Gears five or whatever the hell it's called on Monday or uh, whenever tomorrow. According to the release of this podcast, I revisited Dead Cells because the new DLC is coming out. You and I started. It takes two, Ryan, which uh, we yep. should probably go back and just schedule something.
0: And was rather enjoyable. Yeah,
1: it uh, it is a weird game. And uh, <laughs> game of the year. And Matt, if yeah. uh, if you were a puppet, we know what you would look like.
3: <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> if you were a clay figure, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I started. I had a. I had a. No, um, oh, one second. Oh no. I presume do we his, do? I presume his cat what is attacking do we him. Do? Uh no, I start oh. <laughs> I had a I had a survival horror itch, so I started playing Resident Evil uh Resident Evil. Is that TM. why you left
3: for a moment for your, no, re- yeah, no. re- your in, like there, horror itch? There was there was a there was a <laughs>
1: there was a noise coming from behind me, but it wasn't that. Uh and <laughs> tasty, then tasty second so then I started playing inscription. And I don't know if anybody knows about Oh yeah. It. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things. Yep. That game is wild and i'm still trying to like figure out the enigma of that game um so just for like people who anyone who's listening it's it's a game it's pretty much a deck builder but you're you're facing against this faceless figure that's sitting across from you and there's a map in front of you and you go through scenarios you pick up a card you discard a card you sacrifice a creature whatever blah 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 and you're trying to beat through the bosses of this faceless figure and that's just the card game but you can at any point not play that game and just get up from the table and explore this cabin that you're stuck in and try to escape this cabin and it's you playing this game will get you things and steps to getting out of this cabin um and it's a pretty wild game i'm still kind of that sounds awesome yeah it is so weird um and i'll never play it it looks
2: really cool i'm looking at it on the <laughs> yeah. scene now yeah
1: yeah it really
2: does look like one of those really really cool games that I just will never get around to playing.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, even if you just because how much is it on Steam? I don't even remember how much I paid for
2: it. Uh, currently, it is in Canadian dollars twenty two seventy
0: nine. It's not bad. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, so like if you if you like did a a, a twenty like if you did a twenty dollar movie for three hours on a theater, like you're not I think you're getting your money's worth even if you did it for one night. If you played five hours of it you just to kind of experience or or explore it um and then the final thing that i played is hearthstone but (laughs) i but i have an announcement i have played what i consider to be my final game of hearthstone wow Uh, can't get any better than that yes it has been 79 days since my last game of hearthstone (laughs) <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long now can't go back pretty much and um uh i don't think i'm gonna go back to it you were playing that game every day right yeah uh, yeah i had uh i actually gave it up while i was at the cottage i gave it what up. what were
2: you what were you feeling at like day three where you hadn't played a game of hearthstone were you like oh man i really need to play hearthstone right now
1: shaking and chills Uh, yeah yeah uh, no it was kind of a a relief (laughs) it was just kind of like oh i actually don't need this i i i i I just kind of needed to quit a cold turkey and and it was uh it was was my buddy Braden who actually convinced me i had a three-hour car ride with him um uh i had a three-hour car ride with him and and Tim and I had a heart to heart, Hearthstone, because he he was in the same boat as me years ago, and he, he hearth to hearth hearth to heart. It was right there. I didn't want to be the one to say it,
0: but like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so was
0: well, that good. It?
1: Yeah, sorry, oh, is, he, is he
0: gone? Oh, I thought, <laughs> yeah, sorry, he's <laughs> done. <laughs> he's got that horror. See you again. another six months, say, Yeah, Thank there's
1: uh, there's <laughs> needless noise around me. <laughs> that's what's happening but uh no that's it for me that's my six months of stuff
0: okay cool uh tim
2: wow that's quite a summary of six months jesus it was like five minutes and then meanwhile in the episodes was just me and matt we talked for like an hour about half a week of gaming hell yeah <laughs> um yeah so like i said i started streaming again um but in my time off i started and finished basically like a whole playthrough of breath of the wild again um i did like everything uh all the quests and stuff and like all the all the side objectives and things which is the first time i've ever done that before um there's a lot to do in that game Goddamn! i think it took me like 150 hours probably but it's just fun the whole time and then uh around that time uh, it was like black friday so i bought um hyrule warriors age of calamity so that i could like keep fleshing out that breath of the wild storyline um I've been watching a lot of like Zelda lore videos recently as well. So I'm really getting uh getting hyped for that Breath of the Wild sequel, which fingers crossed, I think is probably actually going to come out this year. Even if it's holiday, I'm thinking it's gonna be 2022. Um because Nintendo's filing a lot of like patents now, so that's an interesting sign. Um and then just uh recently um on stream I started up playing a game called Mortal Shell which is something that's kind of been on my radar for a while. It's a Souls-like. Um but it's the the gimmick is that uh you're you're basically like a faceless, featureless humanoid um who has very poor stats and like no health or anything on its own, but then you can like inhabit these uh shells so these other like humanoids like the armor and stuff these mortal shells if you will uh and uh and then you you assume their kind of identities and you get their abilities and stuff so it's kind of like sekiro where if you die you get a second chance and then if you you die again like that's that's it you have to go back to your checkpoint whatever um so if you die you basically get like knocked out of your shell um, and then the body stays there where you hit zero hit points and you, your like fleshy self gets knocked backwards out of it. And then you kind of get a chance to run back to it and you can get back into it. And if you do, you get a full heal and then you get like a second chance at life kind of thing. Um, but if at any time before that you get hit, you die in one hit. So you can still fight things Whoa. and you still have the same like abilities, um, um, the same, like, combos with your weapons and stuff like that. So if you just don't get hit, you theoretically don't even need a shell. Um, but if you want to get, like, more health or more stamina or get these, like, um, basically these, like, gauge points that you can spend to do, like, big abilities and stuff, um, you want to you get your shell back. Um, it's really punishing. I think it's, it's a lot harder than Dark Souls for sure, or at least just for me anyway, because there's a whole mechanic in it where at any time... You can just basically like, and even during combos or or rolling or anything, you can just, you can uh, harden yourself. So you basically turn yourself to stone. And if an enemy attacks you while you're hardened, they like bounce off. And then if they do that and you cancel the hardening and then you like attack, it does like kind of counterattack damage kind of thing. So there's that. There's dodge rolling, which is pretty standard for souls like games. And then there's also like a parry mechanic where you like hold up a little sort of like, religious symbol looking thing and then if you time it right you can parry an enemy and then um you can use those like combo points that i was talking about earlier uh if you have them built up to do like a repost, and different reposts give you different effects so one if you pull it off you can like you do major damage to them and you get some health okay. back another repost ability that i've just recently unlocked is uh instead of healing you like plant a bomb on them and then after like five seconds, the bomb explodes and does a huge amount of damage. Um, so it's good for like fighting bosses. It's good for clearing groups of big groups of enemies. Um, it's it's interesting. It's definitely one of those games where I have to like force myself to not just fall into the muscle memory of Dark Souls, and I have to be like, okay, you know, the timing is different in this game. Or like um, sometimes you do just want to be aggressive and like go in with a combo. And then as soon as the enemy is about to hit you, instead of dodging out of the way, you just harden. And then that gives them, you know, they bounce off of you, and then they're stunned for a bit, and that gives you a chance to get, like, some of your stamina back. And then you can just keep, like, going in on them with a with a heavy combo and stuff. Um, there's no, like, shields or anything, so it's, it's a little more aggressive than Dark Souls. I'd actually say it's closer to Bloodborne. Um, it's just basically Bloodborne if there was, like, no... Healing items. There are very, very few healing items in this game. Uh, it kind of seems like they intend for you to get your health back by using abilities and stuff. Um, but even then, a lot of the abilities require like limited resources that you have, um, you know, finite amounts of, and uh, or just they require resources that you can find in the world, but they're really uncommon to find. So. I haven't quite yet hit a point where I feel like this game is going to get really grindy because similar to to like the Souls games, there is like a currency that you get for killing enemies and then you can go and spend that on on upgrades and stuff. But each of your shells, of which I think there's only four in the game, and then I think someone said there's like one more added through the DLC, um, you... You have individual amounts of currency for each shell. So you only, if you swap between the different like shells, so one has low health, but like tons of stamina and, and, you know, can attack really fast and be very aggressive and has like sort of a a dodge animation where he sort of wisps into like smoke and then reappears like in the direction that you dodged kind of thing. Um, Another guy is like fully covered head to toe and like heavy plate armor, very low stamina um but has just like an absolute huge health bar um and there's like these different trade-offs and stuff depending which one you want to use um so definitely like options there for playstyle and i think there's only four weapon types as well there's like a two-handed sword a massive two-handed mace an even bigger two-handed sword like literally like comically large it looks like a giant like rapier almost it's very strange and then a dual-wielding, like, dagger and hammer. Um, so there's there's some options in terms of, like, gameplay style. You can try to find a weapon that, like, suits your, suits your style. But to find the weapons, you have to go to particular points on the map and basically, like, go into a boss room and do the really difficult boss encounter. And then if you beat him and he's using that weapon, then you get the weapon. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. But it's like if you want to like use a particular weapon type, you have to go find it. So, like and if you don't know where they are, it's like, well, I kind of wanted to play the game using this giant mace, but I don't know where it is. Um But there are hints. Like there are little things that you can there's like memories that you can find around the world. And if you interact with them, it sort of shows you like visions um of like previous adventurers that wandered down a particular path, and then you can kind of try to find that path in the world and if you do then it sort of leads you roughly in the direction of the weapon or the or the shell or whatever that you're kind of looking for. Um, but as it stands, I've played about five hours of this game. I've unlocked all of the shells now. I have all four character shells and I have three of the four weapons. So I don't think that the game is particularly long. Um, but it's it's definitely hard. It's very punishing. Like there are certain there are definitely boss fights that I had to do like ten times because if you screw up once, it's like you're you're just you're just dead. You have to do it again. Um Jesus. it doesn't it doesn't feel as good as like say a, a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne. Um it's definitely like a, a different a different caliber of game. Um and sometimes it feels a bit clunky. With, like, the, the dodging and and uh, certain, like, animations and stuff and hitboxes. Um, i kind of put that sort of on the level of, like, Lords of the Fallen, which is a pretty infamous Souls-like game that's re- regarded for being pretty bad. Which is ironic, given that it sold, like, 4 million plus copies, which oh is more crap. than any Metroid game ever. Um, but, yeah... It's a weird one enough that it's getting a sequel, which is, which is crazy, but, uh, that's a very like clunky game. If you, if you're into game design and you like the dark souls games, I would recommend playing Lords of the fallen just so you can see what not to do when making a dark souls like game. Cause it does a lot of things really wrong and it makes the game feel very, uh, just not good and, and not, not fun to play and not satisfying.
3: But, I think that's so there- the game you and I played, right, Ryan? Didn't we like try it once? It Which was one? F- when it was Lords of the Fallen, like it when Game Pass was new, it was on there. And we just were like, hey, like we can download any game. Let's download this one.
0: Uh, I can't remember the name of it.
2: I think know. I
3: think that was it. But anyway, yeah, sorry.
2: you like a big, muscly, clunky guy in like big heavy armor.
3: Fighting well, very familiar.
2: generic bosses in like the most generic fantasy environment <laughs> like you can ar- think it's of. It's like
3: an arctic castle or something. It gets yeah. in the cold. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, Mortal Shell is, is good, but not great. I would say I'd probably give it like a, like a six and a half out of 10, seven out of 10.
3: They're indie. Are they like an indie studio?
2: Um, I think, I think so. This game is made by, uh, Cold Symmetry. Yeah. And I think this is their, if not, if not their first game, it's the first one that they have on Steam anyway.
1: Um, Okay. Um, have you ever played Neo? I have not played Neo. That's the, that's the souls like game that I've always, eyed. that I would, I I think I bought it on Epic games. That's probably the, the, one
2: would, the first one or the second one, the first one. I hear that the first one is not good, but the second one's really good.
1: Okay. But, uh, if that means <laughs> anything to you, yeah, good luck getting up. through the first one, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to <laughs> force my way through it.
2: Just that it's frustrating. Apparently it's very frustrating to play. Um, but yeah, that's that's largely it. Um, I'm it's it's enough that I'm interested in seeing what else this game has to offer. But I feel like it's not going to do much else different. All of the bosses have been very like not samey, but samey in the sense that like the fights are just about okay. Recognize the attack patterns. Dodge. Attack when I have an opportunity. Run away. Get back in. Dodge attack when I have an opportunity like nothing changes there's no like real gimmicks to any of the fights which is kind of what Dark Souls does right it's like you have to worry about all, all that but here's an environment that you've never fought in before or here's like some some verticality you've never had to worry about before or here's a giant dragon it doesn't really make sense to just attack it head-on like what else in this environment can I use oh there's a giant ballista up there maybe if I go up there that'll like you know, do some damage to the dragon and then make it more vulnerable to my attacks or something like that. Like, there's always another little gimmick in the boss fight. This game doesn't seem to have any anything like that yet. So, I'll have to see. But I think there's um, a number of bosses in it and I just haven't really gone far enough in any particular direction to, like, find them. I think so far I've fought maybe, like, two major bosses. Um, but yeah, like, traversing around the world in this game is very confusing because everything looks very similar that being said though some of the environments are really really beautiful but it's definitely confusing it sounds like a gen
3: 1 game like it's their first dark souls like game mm-hmm. so it's you know the second one's probably going to be like that whole neo thing you were saying
2: yeah I, I don't know it's um it's definitely very promising like they they they've done some things well um which i think is easy to do after so many good souls like games have come out and are in existence now um but it's just i was saying this today too like it's it's just missing that like that something that little that little extra oomph you know that little spice that little something that's like ooh that's nice you that know that little like, je ne sais quoi that little je ne sais quoi that just makes it <laughs> feel like i really wanted play it more you know like any given time i'm like playing this game i'm like yeah i could stop playing right now and i'd be fine with that like nothing has really made me go okay like i really need to do this right now so maybe that'll change but i don't know
3: that's uh that's me matt me you? um me um i'm gaming quite a bit over the uh the holidays uh picked up that uh the new ratchet and clank rift of rift of heart and uh it's uh, it's pretty damn fun. It's, like, I would say, like, the best you're going to get in terms of Ratchet & Clank. Like, it's pretty, to, in my eyes, it's pretty, like, 10 out of 10 material. I know that a lot of people are saying, you know, the the, the franchise is tired or this and that. But uh, I would say that having not played a Ratchet & Clank game in a while and having certainly not completed one in a while, this is, like, a really, really good iteration of the game. Um, probably my favorite so far. Uh, the... I, I do have a weird complaint though I find that like And I mentioned this to Ryan I find that Ratchet seems to be moving At a Ratchet or the other uh, Lombax that you play as I can't remember her name now But or isn't her name Rivet? Of course it is Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, But I find that they move At a different frame rate or something And I don't know whether that's Maybe the uh, refresh rate's a lot higher Than my TV is Because I'm using 1080p probably like 60 hertz. Um, I don't know whether th- that, if that's the case, but the game isn't lagging because the game environment isn't lagging. There's no frame rate problem. Everything's like, you know, flying in and it's perfectly fine and there's no pop in and, and everything's great. But I find that the character movement feels like as if it's <coughs> like I'm missing a frame every now and then. And I just wonder if it's like a weird refresh rate thing or whether it's just a styling thing. Uh, but after playing for like half an hour, I kind of completely for the most part forgot about it and I didn't like notice it. I don't really notice it in game. But I if I watch it, I could still kind of see it, which is weird. You didn't see that though, right, Ryan? No, I didn't I didn't notice that at all. So I wonder if it's gonna be something where I'm just gonna have to get a new TV once more PS5 games come out or something. Like maybe that's just <laughs> the case. Um, I didn't mess around with the fidelity slash the performance modes or whatever they were either. So maybe that's the case. Like maybe it's just like I'm on fidelity and my TV just can't display the fidelity. It could be something real stupid like that, like the shadows or something. It doesn't look like a bug. It's a very, very small nit- nitpick. Um, but the biggest, like I'd say the biggest thing that's happened over the break is, uh, I ended up getting a, an Oculus Quest 2, uh, for Christmas and I've been messing around in VR, uh, for the first time in depth, uh, pre- previously I've used an Oculus, uh, dev kit 2, and then a HTC uh, Vive once. And the Vive kind of sold me on it. Like, the Vive didn't feel like a gimmick. I didn't feel like, you know, just some sort of weird, like, hey, this is a different way to play games. Uh, so, like, the, it kind of sold me on it, but it wasn't quite enough. And it might have been just because I played, like, Payday 2 VR, and I played Payday so much, so, like, I didn't get really drawn in. But the Oculus is, like, a really affordable uh, standalone, but you can also hook it to the computer to get the rift out of it um sort of experience you can do it completely on battery you know there's no no cables or you can connect it to the computer or you can even do it with oculus link over the wireless oculus link whatever they call it and i haven't messed around with any of the computer or any of the pc games i've mostly been messing in some of the uh specifically the quest games and then i also went into the facebook metaverse and like was walking around in there too and it's pretty damn cool um this headset's like a real big revolution in tech, I would say. Like, it's one of the bigger... It's, like, one of the weird tech things that's gone under my radar that I didn't realize sort of happened. I'm not the most amazingly up-to-date person with every graphics card and everything like that, but I'm up-to-date in terms of I kind of know what's around, and I kind of just figured that VR had stayed more or less the same with better graphics, and that it was always going to be sort of, like, a niche and this and that, and it might always remain a niche, but it... This is, like, a really innovative headset uh i think it's a beta feature but you don't have to use the oculus touch controllers you can just use your hands it'll track your fingers uh, if you want and some games will, will use that uh, you can obviously use the oculus touch controllers uh like i said the price point is like 400 canadian which is stupidly low for a fully onboard uh vr gaming setup like you don't need a computer for this thing it's just totally wireless which is pretty nuts um I've been playing. Uh, I bought like a a pack, so they had like some sort of uh, CD key pack or whatever on this thing called Fanatical, I think it was, and it was like a VR introductory pack or something. So I got like a few games. I got like some Death Race like thing or whatever. Uh, but I've got like some Zombie Land game, which is like a zombie rails game or a, a shooting or an on rail shooter. And I also got um, the Star Wars game, the uh, specifically the Vader. Set So they had like all the episodes or three or four of the episodes, which might be all of them uh, all for sale uh, or all on a sale in a bundle. So I bought those and uh, the Vader is like the Vader game is like it's older. Like I definitely had some bugs like I was in sitting configuration because I don't have like a stupid amount of room and it kept like messing up my height and it like messed up my. Um, it was like, grab, grab, like, you know, grab something from your tool belt. And it's like, well, the couch is there. <laughs> like, I can't do that. Um, even if I was on a regular chair, like I can't go through the chair. So there's been a couple of bugs like that. But, uh, Ryan was saying, I think you were saying Ryan, that it was like an older game, but like, it's, it's gotta be like five years old at this point, I think. Right. So it's like, you know, like I'm going to forgive it for that. Also, it could have been my Oculus setup. Like, you know, it was literally the first game I played. So maybe I messed up the floor setup or something, but it was really good. Like, uh, doing, uh, doing the lightsaber battles, of course, which is obviously your, your like kind of stereotypical thing with Star Wars, but just the cutscenes, like, I don't. I'm not a star Wars guy. I don't really like, I, I watch star Wars. It's fine, but I'm not like a super big fan where I'm like, Oh, like I needed all the lore and stuff, but like being in VR and having like Darth Vader come up to you to interrogate you is like pretty fucking freaky, actually like right up in your face and kind of like pointing at you. And he like kind of tracks you too. like, I'll like, go kind of move and he'll move and keep looking at you. It's surprisingly pretty,
2: immersive then. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's one of those like Jesus, like it's, it's pretty good. Um, There was a lot of cool things, too, like, oh, my God, like the ship's crashing or whatever, yada, yada, like we need to do this. And you actually have to like flip the switches. And it's not just like what you would expect, which is like move your like a Wiimote, like move your hand to the left and like shake your hand. This is actually like it's tracking your hand. You have to move it to the individual's like switches and flip the switches and stuff like that. Um, The climbing was really good. There's like kind of like an AC. There's a couple of scenes where it's kind of like AC where you have to climb around. And it's really good. Uh, I was really surprised. You have to find handholds, literally move your hand to the handhold, grab on. What I'm ultimately getting at here is that like the tech is really, the tech is advanced under the radar for me and it's really advanced further than I've ever thought it would this quick and at this price point, to be honest. And it's just like, it's just a really interesting, like it's totally viable. Like I'm sold on VR now for sure. I don't think VR is like a gimmick. I don't think it's just like, you know, like a motion game, like a Wii Wiimote or like a play <laughs> with a PlayStation Move or something. It's 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 very much like another way to game. And I'm like going to I'm going to try out like a few more games. Obviously, I've just kind of been messing around, um, bouncing between games and stuff, kind of getting my footing. And I'll probably end up trying out the uh the Oculus Rift stuff, like I'll download like a Steam game or something and try like a higher fidelity game as well. But it's really, really impressive. Um, if you ever get a chance to try VR, like Ryan tried it, if you ever get a chance to try VR, um, especially with an Oculus Quest 2, because that's really the only one I can really talk about because the most experience with, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's come a long way. And if we're at a point where you can buy a headset for, you know, realistically, like I'm saying, Canadian dollars, 400 bucks, and eventually you might not even need the Oculus touch controllers and it's just the headset and it tracks the room, runs the game, <laughs> to, like tracks your hands. It does everything like makes the boundary, make sure you don't bump into stuff. If if we're at that point, which we basically are at this point with this thing, um, it's it's come a long way. And I would recommend it to anyone to, to, to give it a go, especially if you're big into gaming, because I think it's a I think it's something that's more than just like an add on, like I thought it was before. I was kind of at the stage where I always thought like, oh, like, you know, I don't mind watching uh, people play VR games, but it's, it, you know, it's just a different way to play. But it's just not for me. Like, I always kind of figured it was a little gimmicky. It is It was. It is super, super immersive. Um, and, I'm interested
2: in the development of VR, not really because of like any seeing any particular like technological or like immersion enhancements. I just want to see the day where VR doesn't make me motion sick.
3: Well, I was actually going to mention that. So, um, I used to get motion sick as a kid in a car, and I don't get, mo- I don't get that anymore, or, or like very rarely. Usually it's like if I'm sick with something else as well. Um, so very rarely do I get that now. So that's kind of gone, but I do get motion sick in two instances in VR, which I learned. One is, is if the floor drops out behind, underneath me. So I had a cutscene play where I was in a room and this woman comes up to me and she's like, you need to help us, blah, blah, blah. And then a cutscene plays, but it's one of those artsy cutscenes. And since it's VR, it's 360, it's all around you. And the floor disappears and it's all artsy around me. And like I could tell my brain was freaking the fuck out. Cause I started feeling really like woozy. Cause it's like, oh fuck, like where the hell did the floor go? Um, and then another one is if I draw if I jump off of a high surface, like I get like the the sensation that I'm actually falling. And I, like, panic. And then when I land, I feel, like, motion sick because that, I actually haven't moved.
1: Is that a form of vertigo? I don't know if that would apply for that feeling.
3: Maybe. Maybe. It, it's the only instance that i found that makes me sick in VR. Because I can be in VR for hours. Uh, even with the Vive years ago. We were we were trying it out at a buddy's house. So like we had like a few friends over uh, from college and the guy who brought it, he was in it for 40-ish minutes. He started getting kind of like, you know, dizzy or sick or whatever, kind of sick of it. And so he goes to like a traditional computer at that point. And then uh, my buddy Anthony, he jumps in and he's done in 15 minutes. And I was in there for like four to six hours and I was fine. And it just doesn't bug me at all. Uh, but like having been obviously now I've played more games and different things. It's, it's the floor. If the floor <laughs> drops out, I'm in serious trouble.
1: <laughs> uh, I've been watching a, a YouTuber do Resident Evil four in VR. And that might be the game that like gets me into an, an Oculus, uh, to play that game. Cause,
3: and it's on the quest too. Like you don't, you don't yeah. need a computer.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just something about like running around, <laughs> uh, run around in some Spanish village, just, shooting shotguns and pistols and oh no hostello yeah like that that <laughs> if there's one game and like I don't know because there's a long rumored remake for that game. Like I don't know if they they would just do a VR release of that likely remake simultaneously, but that might be the game.
3: Yeah. It's uh yeah like I mean if you ever want to try mine like you know you can always come over and give give it a go to like it's It's like, like Ryan, like you played it, like it's super immersive, right? Like even the zombie rail uh, shooter, it's scary. Like it uh, it
1: sold me like instantly. You guys have, Um, you you guys like wiped out the, the inside of the, the headset though when you changed it out right like well like what sort what sort of sanitary precautions no, he,
2: he you... purposely coughed into it so ryan would get pink eye <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, like
1: i
3: took hawked ho- a big loogie in there
1: i don't know i don't know if you
3: guys are serious that's the problem no 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 like, <laughs> <laughs> no one hawked a loogie onto the eye thing of the do you, Oculus do you remember
1: we do you remember that xbox controller at fan expo matt yeah uh, remember how well, gross i remember it vividly oh, i remember it vividly God, as well that thing was
3: gross but, like, that just was also of a stranger. It into my
2: eye at that point. Like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I just wanted to say that uh, the moment I tried it, it was uh, pretty incredible.
3: It pulls you right in.
0: And, and, and here's how crazy it was. I think so. it was already cool seeing the room in, like, infrared. That was pretty neat. And, like, setting the floor and seeing, like, the, the menu floating in, in front of me and stuff. But then I booted up Vader uh, Immortal, and then you push the button on the menu. Yeah, and you physically see your finger in this virtual space, and it's moving one to one with your movements. And your your finger depresses the button, like it, like it almost feels like you should have felt it press. It's like super close to actually feeling like you're actually pressing a button, even though it's completely you know digital. Um, and that I was sold right right on that button press, Matt. That was incredible.
3: It's like it, it it's getting to the point where. Like it is because you're sold. Like it, it to me, it's like it makes sense now why they're making the jackets and the gloves where you're gonna feel stuff because of stuff and like that.
0: Igniting a lightsaber in your hand when it's not just like the plastic crappy one you get, like when you ignite it and it looks like a lightsaber from the movies. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, um, it's got to be. Said, sorry, like that, that game the, came out 2019. The sound design for like Star Wars,
2: even back then, the sound of a lightsaber igniting. Is like just one of the most iconic sound effects of all time. It's just so satisfying.
0: Hmm. Yeah, for sure.
3: But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's that that that's the quest too. If you can, uh, if you can give it a try, do it. It convinced me. Convinced Ryan, and it'll convince you too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's what I've been doing.
0: Uh, as for myself, other than trying the Oculus and, and loving it, and kind of been looking at potentially getting one myself i'm not sure if i'm gonna get the oculus uh i think i'm probably gonna get the psvr 2 um although the oculus was pretty nice with just the wireless and, and stuff like that um uh, other than that i uh assassin's creed valhalla came back into my life god as if i didn't have enough hours put into that game i uh i had purchased the uh the DLC for that like months ago and finally got around to playing it and I've already completed uh, one of the DLCs Wrath of the Druids and I'm now on to the Siege of Paris and then they announced another DLC like expansion to it which was like it's called Ragnarok because uh, I guess only two things can happen in Norse <laughs> games you either go to Valhalla or you go yeah. to go Ragnarok <laughs> Jeez, happens like that's yeah. it that's the only two things that's possible yeah. um, so I'm excited to get to that eventually uh other than that, we played Deep Rock Galactic, which was the PS Plus game for this month, which oh, was yeah. surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah, that's it's a great pretty game. Funny.
3: It's pretty damn funny.
0: You played it before, Tim? Yeah, I mean, it's Dwarves, man. Of course I played it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was a ton of fun. Uh, what else did we do?
3: Lots of Fortnite.
0: Oh, did, yeah. I'm not sure if we talked. were we doing the podcast when we started
3: Fortnite back up. I think so. We talked I'm about not it last sure. week, I think.
0: I, I listened to the episode where you guys were talking about it. Okay, we've been yeah we somehow we got back into that. That's been crazy, um, a lot of fun too. Uh, and then most recently, I uh, I downloaded Age of Empires four. I, think I had mentioned to you, uh, you Matt, that I was looking, I wanted to get back into an RTS because I used to play some Star Wars RTSs years ago, and I've always I've always enjoyed those. And starting this one up is exactly what I wanted. It's it's like it's it's amazing. Galactic so.
3: battlegrounds and empire at war. I would assume.
0: How great were those? Yeah, those yeah. were so good.
3: Yeah, they were pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and then some hardware wise, I uh, got a SSD for my PS5, and already encountered a glitch, which was <laughs> unfortunate. Classic, <laughs> but it yes. it was a simple fix. You got the, WD like the white black, right? Yeah, the SN850 uh, with the heatsink. Um. So the the glitch that happened to me is I I I popped it in it was fine. I'd already had some PS4 games on my console. I said, "Okay, I'll use that secondary drive for my PS4 games." And I I I transferred them all over. Everything was fine. I then went and checked my storage, the actual internal drive. Not not the not the new SSD, the internal drive had all this space saved up for it. Um uh for the system. It didn't say it was game files, didn't say it was saves, didn't say it was captures. It was just system was holding the storage hostage and it was like 200 gigs of held storage. And I was like, damn, well, that goes, that defeats the whole purpose of the additional SSD. And so I had to wipe that internal drive and redownload all my PS5 games. What is nice though, uh, in the settings, you can select like PS5 games save to internal and PS4 games save uh, to the uh, additional storage. So you can actually tell it which where you want to send the games when you download them. So you don't have to download it to the internal and then transfer it, which is nice.
3: Wait, so you only had to de- you only had to delete the internal. Like, what did you do? Did you wipe correct. the OS as well?
0: Yeah, I completely reset my PS5.
3: But the, that did not reset the internal at this point uh, uh, expansion drive. The,
0: uh, yes, that's correct. It didn't, it didn't reset the expansion drive.
3: Oh, that's pretty interesting.
0: And so that saved me a bunch of time and having to re-download all my PS4 games.
3: That's a hassle.
0: I don't know if this is like an actual issue for a lot of people. It's just a weird thing that happened to me. Who knows? You know, Mm -hmm. and then uh, the other hardware thing I got is uh, a new um, AIO for my PC. It has a little screen on it and you can put gifts on the screen and the gifts will just kind of play over and over and over.
3: You've you've gone full like PC building (laughs) like guru. (laughs) Ryan, like my computer used to be held together by tape like Jesus, man. Ryan, it's like it's like ryan has a
1: computer for me that i have to come put a video card.
3: yeah <laughs> he has a second shit. computer ready yeah. to go like what it's, is going it's, on it's,
0: it's literally sitting over there all it needs is a graphics card you yeah, just need well, to uh, slot it in <laughs> plug in the power and it's good to go i should,
3: I
1: should try to see if i can find a uh, a card because i really don't want to rebuild this, t- this 1070 for my system
0: i mean good luck unless you unless you find another 1070 yeah huh? i mean
1: well, they well, they, they, they announced it like the the thirty fifties today or yesterday or something. So
0: you probably wouldn't want that though.
1: No, what I'm saying though, but it, that might that might cr- open up the market a little bit to kind of create some wiggle room with finding a different card.
0: But the problem is the the, the chip shortage in general. It's not just the miners gobbling up the the high end graphics cards. It's just the chip shortage in general means there's not enough uh, cards out there. All right, let's get into the news for this week. Uh, E3, uh, already talking about E3. um, It is shifting to an online-only event because of Omicron concerns. This is from VentureBeat. Uh, So the Entertainment Software Association is shifting uh, E3 to online-only. They said, due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022. Uh, we, We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. Um... I don't think we're really surprised by this, uh, but I, I'm seeing a lot of people online, though, talk about this as if it's the end of E3. Like this is the death
1: knell of of E3. Wasn't it like that? The, the first time it we went online in the 2020 E3? Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't find that to be a big problem, yeah. right?
3: Because 2021, this... they went back to person, right? I can't remember. Mm, I don't think no. so. Oh, no. really? Oh, so, yeah. God. So it could be the death note of the in person.
0: It was, it was completely canceled 2020. It was digital oh, right. in 2021, okay. and then 2022 they're saying digital again. Although they didn't really say digital again, they just said no in person, uh, and they'll have more details soon.
3: I'm um, surprised they canceled it this far out.
0: Well, here's the thing: the these the exhibitors already had to be planning
3: their uh, live shows, right?
0: So they have to know now, you know, not to do that. Um, but I just I honestly feel like this whole E3 thing is a self fulfilling prophecy where everyone's like, let's all hate E3 all of a sudden, and say it's going to fail and collapse and die, and then everyone just starts feeling that way, and then it's going to happen, you know?
3: I will say that I've noticed that a lot of platforms are going away from even five-minute videos, and so I wonder if it's the length of the E3 conferences that are turning people off when a lot of people are just watching tiktoks or even youtube's into the shorts and what's the instagram one reels maybe maybe people maybe content is just becoming more bite-sized as the mainstream and no one really wants to watch long-form content with the exception of podcasts or maybe the uh the odd like show or movie
0: well i was wondering if it was more having to kind of line your development cycles up with the announcement you know
3: I my only problem with that, my only problem with with them arguing that was that like for PlayStation, for example, that was kind of what I got the impression that was PlayStation's argument. I don't remember what the official argument was, but I kind of thought it was they didn't want to wait. And then they even canceled their own PSX. Right. And that was weird, which is weird. But then it's like, okay, they don't want to have a point in time in which they they have to line things up again. So that makes sense. But then they kind of use it as an excuse to do more frequent but like much more lackluster updates and that just Mm -hmm. sort of seems counterintuitive to me like it it almost feels like hey maybe we should still have psx but we'll just like announce it we'll just like have like a big show but we'll announce it whenever we feel like and it's not always going to be in june or whatever
1: yeah because there's also isn't there just other shows now more frequently all year round like isn't there uh what's called paris paris games week in, Something like that, yeah. And then and then you have Jeff Keeley's uh Game Awards. Game Summer Games Fest. Oh, and, yeah, and, and the and the game awards, which is pretty much just announcing games. Like the, the awards yeah, so I I feel like now there's just more frequent windows around the year for them to announce the stuff. Maybe they don't have to be held to this one this 12-month development announcement cycle anymore.
0: You know what though? Uh those those presentations at E3 would cost those companies millions of dollars, but Sony is selling more consoles and more games than ever while not doing that conference, you know, and just doing their little five minute, you know, state of play videos that probably cost them a tremendous amount less. (laughs) You know what I mean? I
3: wouldn't attribute personally as an outsider, because I don't have the numbers. I wouldn't attribute the state of play being the thing that sells their console, though.
0: I'm not saying it is. I'm just does. I'm just saying that they don't need to do E3 to make sales oh that's fair that's, yeah. that's the point so they're saving they're saving a bunch
1: of money by not doing e3 and just doing the videos sure i don't think i i don't think like xbox could get away with that now like playstation has almost transcended the like that branding threshold where they're this just pinnacle in game development like they like a generation or two ago they're probably more in line with xbox but now I think they're more in line with Nintendo where their name is just kind of like a seal of approval and a quality over quantity kind of thing. Um, so I think like, I think PlayStation is going to
3: ride that for a while. So, uh, Xbox kind of has so many names, It's like so many big names. Like they have a, like Bethesda is one of their license or one of their, uh, it, one of their studios that itself had a conference. So they, like they I don't think they need to worry about lining up. Like it, there's probably always gonna be something in the pipe.
1: It's not that though, but it's just like I, I feel like with with PlayStation, there's more of a a branding appeal to it. Like there's there's a there's a higher like there's X, to Xbox. I'm not saying it's a no-name host brand, but it leans a little bit more that way, where PlayStation has kind of worked to kind of really give itself that Nintendo flair with with branding.
0: I think it's kind of like when Apple became the like largest company in the world, they they stopped being they stopped acting like scrappy like the little guy. Mm-hmm. You know, their advertising stopped attacking their competitors. It's like once you once you once you beat your competitors, you stop acknowledging your competitors and you just act like you're, you know, the, the only the thing the around.
1: Sh- you're you're the shit. You're no longer. And I guy.
0: think that's what happened with PlayStation over the PS the end of the PS3 into the PS4 mm-hmm. era. Is like they feel like they're now above the rest of the uh, the competition.
1: Yeah, and and, and, and they I don't think, they don't
0: need to do their little E threes anymore.
1: Exactly, and and I think Xbox's acquisition of Bethesda and their their continuous shows, I think, is a testament to them trying to match the PlayStation. Because like Xbox is, they haven't released numbers because clearly PlayStation is still outselling the Xbox, even in a console chip shortage. the The PlayStation is still leading, so.
0: Although, hard to say, though, with with Xbox, like spreading out into more like the Game Pass and services. Yeah. Right? yeah. Who knows how many uh, PC um, Xbox Game Pass uh, subscribers there are, which we would, which I guess you would add on to the. Uh, the Xbox sales numbers. Oh, essentially. I, I don't know. Like,
1: how do we even calc- like like what, yeah. do you, what is a what is a console and then what is a. Sale is it like at a certain point do you just go by licensing of titles? Like how, oh, we've licensed these many titles this year, or we sold this many titles, or what are we the days gone, dev? Yeah, oh, oh. damn. It's <laughs> like that did that game come to PC yet? Can I yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I should I should Why? Try are, you, are you interested in that? Uh I'll probably do um <laughs> horizon? Horizon.
2: I did horizon on PC.
1: Yeah, I want to see how that goes first and then maybe I'll do Days Gone. But I also kind of also I played it on PlayStation. I really? feel like it was
0: a bad PC port.
3: I was told that too, yeah.
0: Hmm. It, there's been some updates, but I'm not sure if it fixed a lot of the problems, though.
3: I have did you guess. play after
0: the post-updates, Tim? Or did you, did you finish I already? I don't
2: know. I, I played it... <laughs> um, what would that be like? Th-
1: four or five months ago now, I think? I remember mm. it came out late... 20, uh, 2020.
0: On PC. Yeah, on PC, going into 2021. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, did you guys have any problems with the online-only E3? It kind of just felt like e 3 to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, there it's, was... it's been done. It's going to continue <laughs> to be that way. I feel, yeah. honestly,
2: like I feel like that's how it should be in perpetuity. I'm surprised that they even opted to go back in person
0: at all well i think because it it traditionally was a a thing for the press right mm-hmm. so the press would actually go and play the games in person yeah um but now it's more kind of hybrid press and you know consumer show um so maybe yeah maybe it can just be online forever now um and i kind of think that's what uh, the um jeff keely's uh summer game fest is going to be it's always going to be a a digital event so we'll see
1: i'm also curious to know what motivations and what measures the city of los angeles would do to get it back to in person oh, does, that's right for local venues or hotels or any other sort yeah of businesses
2: it's an event right like it's yeah. and that's and that's valid like there's they design things at e3 around the idea of like thousands of people coming through and obviously that that merits value but I feel like it's just not viable
0: anymore. I would have liked to go to um, PSX. I think I would have enjoyed going to there, but uh, I don't know if they'll ever do that again.
3: No, Sony's all online, I think, now. The only thing that felt cheap about the E3 online was there was that one pretty bad... It was the one uh, conference that you guys didn't watch. I think it was on a little later, or it was just on <laughs> after the other ones. And I like was like, oh, I'll I'll watch this. And it was it wasn't just, Devolver, was it? No, 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 no. That's its own style. I I, I can't talk. I can't say it's good or bad because it's a whole other fucking thing. Um, it's a weird, man. It's a, yeah, it's a whole other fucking uh, thing. But like, I can't remember which one it was. But it was. Wait, it was, are you talking about the Future Games one? Maybe I don't know. There was like a voice actor, or maybe <laughs> two voice actors that were running it. I'm i can't bring
1: up uh, cause, I can remember because I put I put the shows in the joint calendar. I'm going to see if I can bring it up. But the-
3: there was like <laughs> this weird like VR. It wasn't VR, but they were like, hey, like we can go and like take a look at all these things. And it was them clearly just doing a voiceover over like a video of like this thing of like your perspective flying around or something. Again, very like it was a while ago and I have like a rough memory of it, but. It was it was particularly like reality showish and very bad. Like I didn't enjoy that at all.
1: That's mm-hmm. just imagining this.
3: Oh, I remember the I remember the general idea of it, and it was not great. This was June. I want to say like Nolan North was in it. I want to say, but I don't know if that's right. Like that's a total guess. But I I know one of them, or maybe both of them, were voice actors, and they were just doing the. The MCing that night or whatever, the hosting that night, hmm. it was it was uh, it, in my opinion it wasn't very good.
0: Man, I can't do the PC game show. That one is always just I don't know any single game on that show.
3: I I don't mind that one. Uh, this year I, th- or like, I think this year they did like the Mech Warrior. MechWarrior 5 sort of like tie-ins. I didn't mind it. It was already. They're
1: they're getting marginally better every year. Just Mm -hmm. marginally better. (laughs) All right, let's move on here. Um, Bioware wants to rebuild its
0: reputation and promises highest quality games going forward from GameSpot. Uh, So Bioware general manager Gary McKay has published a blog post in which he outlines some of the notable events of the past year and laid out some high-level thoughts on where Bioware is headed next and what it is trying to achieve. McKay also touched upon uh, how BioWare is pushing to restore its reputation and make games of the highest quality going forward. And he says, quote, we are laser focused on building back the trust of our fans and community, and we plan to do that by delivering the types of games uh, that we are best known for and ensuring they are of the highest quality. Uh, He went on to say our mission is to create worlds of adventure, conflict, and companionship that inspire you to become the hero of your story we want the launch of our games to be seminal moments in the industry. We want each game to, uh, to earn the kind of re- reaction we've seen with the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We feel that we have the right people, the right creative focus, and the support from EA to deliver on the promise. So uh, Bioware's kind of had a rocky couple years here. Uh, how do you guys think they're going to do with the new Mass Effect and, and Dragon Age?
3: I will believe their comments when I see them. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody else to comment first <laughs> I'm not like, a oh, you're I'm, a big mass Effect fan i I was
1: a mass yeah um i it's weird because I've kind of grouped bioware into the kind of e a blizzard group now like um I just kind of don't take their. Their motivation seriously anymore um uh they've kind of just lost that flair for storytelling and um uh i i would like to see a a proper mass effect but admittedly i haven't even played andromeda yet i just haven't found the motivation to even go play that um i was excited for what's it called anthem yeah anthem (laughs) uh anthem and then that just right out of the gate uh (laughs) So, nah. Felt Anthem something. felt like uh, cyberpunk before cyberpunk. Um, yeah, <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Anthem's like, ooh, thank God, cyberpunk. You took the cake on this one. We don't, no, no one's looking at us anymore.
2: <laughs> I have the like ultimate edition digitally of that of Anthem and the art book. I've never played Anthem.
0: You had the physical <laughs> art book yep <laughs> hardcover
2: <Yeah>. and everything <laughs> yep hardcover i got you it. just excited for it or no
1: i i didn't buy any of it i got
2: it all oh. for free through work
3: Oh uh, okay
0: <laughs>
1: it's it, it's amazing because like like the the horror stories coming out of anthem specifically and probably mass effect andromeda was just yeah there was chaos with the development but they're always just oh but we'll get that you know that G-golly bioware flair that we need and that that last minute like motivation and spirit just to get through this. And I guess they were just relying on that too much to try to take him to the end. And it just never made it.
0: Well, it sounds like this happens a lot in, in these development studios where it's like, okay, we have like three years to make this game, three or four years to make this game, right? And it's like the first three years they just spend kind of messing around, you know, experimenting, trying things. And then when they get the that deadline. It's like, oh my God, we have to actually make a game here, you know, and then, and then it's just a scramble until the finish line. And this is apparently pretty common amongst, uh, amongst game studios.
1: Well, like that was the case with, with cyberpunk. Like they admitted that, yeah, they announced in 2012, but they, they didn't actively start working on it until like 20, I think it was like 2015 or 2016 (laughs) is when they actually started like cracking down on production. And
0: I completely understand it because I'm exactly the same way. I can't, uh, all, all through school and stuff, um, I have I have to have a deadline to actually mm-hmm. sit down and do something. You know, uh, it's the only way I will actually complete the job. If, if if there's a deadline and then I'm close to that deadline and then I have to <laughs> rush to get it out.
2: Man, why would you ever be like, yeah, we're thinking about working on this new IP that we got, and then just like not do anything for it on it for like three years? Like, why not just <laughs> wait until you've started working on it? Like, what is that release strategy?
3: Wasn't there, wasn't there like a, someone, someone here, I think it might have been Ryan. Someone sent me a video like a few months or maybe a year ago now where it was like EA showed up and didn't like the gameplay and was like, all right, well, you got 12 months or something and like make another game kind of thing. And it's like, oh shit. But they with still had all the assets in that. Yeah. With Anthem now, now I whether think- it's that cut and dry or whether the guy was paraphrasing in the video, who knows? But
0: I think you're right though. I think, yeah, I think they did have to like completely redo the game or something.
3: There's something along those lines,
0: yeah.
1: And so. like, like the one line here is create worlds of adventure, conflict, com- uh, companionship that inspire you to t- to become the hero of your story. And then it just, it's just funny because like the entire, the entire goodwill with the entire Mass Effect trilogy was just undone in an instant with the original planned ending, that just upset a lot of people, which had them go back and just uh redo and they had to like shoehorn in a a a a, like an adapted ending to to make that right and it was like that would that to me that was the first time of like okay bioware has like fumbled but let's see and then like okay there's like the i think dragon age dragon age which one was broken inquisition Inquisition. oh oh no dragon uh dragon age
0: two or was Dragon Age Two wasn't broken; it was, it was just, just it wasn't received. to the quality people wanted. Yeah. The a lot of dungeons were reused, and, yeah. and then, they mixed up the gameplay a bit. Yeah, and that's then you had that's the only
1: that's the only Dragon Age I've played. <laughs> Damn, I liked it. I, I thought it was good. The and then you had they had the the anthem, and then you had uh, Andromeda, which I genuinely feel bad for those people at that studio because like that was there were there were support DLC studio in Montreal, and like that was their first big thing was taking on a full Mass Effect game. And then they went back to being a support studio. I think they're actually closed down now. I think they might shut them down. So I think like, I I feel like Bioware's next thing is going to be their Final Fantasy story. Like Final Fantasy was a thing that was going to either make Square Enix or put them under. And like, like, is it safe to, like, can you guys imagine that the next major failure from Bioware could kind of be the end of them?
3: Yeah, I, I kind of think Bioware is on the chopping block for sure. It's kind of like that's actually probably one of the problems, too, is now they have a lot of pressure for these two titles that they're working on. And if they don't deliver these, you know, these these two titles at you know, high quality standard, then. Like, that, that's it. Like, what are you going to do? Wait another five to ten years or like you know within there for another Bioware? Like, don't worry, we'll get it this time. You know, it takes too
2: long. A lot of the Bioware fans that I've talked to in my life, which to be fair, is not that many, but a decent amount, they're all like the people that are fans of Bioware are like diehard Bioware fans. Like they love the interconnected like relationships between characters and stuff. And they'll buy anything that Bioware puts
1: out, like Mass Damn. Effect, Dragon Age. Like people which go is, nuts for those yeah, games. Yeah, which, which is fair. They, they'll probably continue to buy it. Um, but like they're those, the parts that they. Uh, revere the most about Bioware is it like what what is their favorite Bioware game is it like KOTOR or is it Mass Effect Andromeda um I think by and large for the most part it's
2: going to be like Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2 um Dragon Age Origins Dragon Age 2 Dragon Age Inquisition like the the, the well received ones mhm it's not like they're just like, oh, yeah, Andromeda is the best one. It's the only one I've played. Like, they're hardcore <laughs> uh, Bioware fans. But, like, you know, that shouldn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter if, like, Andromeda is your favorite game or KOTOR is your favorite game. Fan, no
0: matter what your favorite game is. Well, they've announced two games.
1: Uh, the, ne- the next Dragon Age and the next Mass Effect, right? I think Dragon Age is next. Dragon Age 4 is, was announced in 2018, but there is no release date. Mass... But that's
0: going to be before Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah.
1: at least it is uh, <clears throat> It is assumed because Dragon Age was announced before Mass Effect. Well, they haven't I, actually said.
0: I think since they have these two, I don't think the next game being a failure would necessarily be the, be the end of Bioware because A... I think Mass Effect's the bigger franchise that more people care about. So even if the next Dragon Age is kind of bad, I think they can survive that until Mass Effect, you know?
1: Anyone ever play Shadow Realms? No.
0: No.
2: I don't know if I've even ever heard of that.
1: <laughs> it's a Bioware... Uh, developed by Bioware Austin. Uh, planned... Uh, it was planned to be published. It says planned to be published by electronic Arts, but it was oh can oh canceled game. Oh, it's in the canceled category. That explains it. <laughs> <laughs> in some, some other parallel universe, some other timeline it came out. We'll we'll never know. Where's We're playing it right this, now in the to answer universe. Your original question. No, no one has played that. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking in the wrong column. Uh <laughs> Is All that, right, let's move on to our next story. Uh, sorry, oh, so, and, right? and the and the new Kotor. Are they is Bioware remaking that, or is that another story? No, Aspire is.
3: Uh, is that it?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. Adrian was any response to that? No, no, no that's it. I'm good. <laughs> They're doing the remake. Yeah, it's not like a continuation. So, and and uh, Sotor is still going strong. They have a new expansion coming up. I'm surprised. That, I'm surprised
1: that Disney, uh, like the the, <laughs> the gatekeepers of that canon, still continue to let that go on.
0: It's probably making money. Why why mess with it if it's making money?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people weren't actually Star Wars fans who play it, and just maybe just MMO fans. Yeah. You know. Um, I I don't play it because it's not canon though. I, uh, I I wish it was. But all right, next up here, uh, Ubisoft subscription service Ubisoft Plus is coming to Xbox. This is from Gamespot. Uh, Ubisoft Plus was previously been exclusive to PC and cloud services such as Google Stadia and Amazon Luna, giving subscribers day one access to new releases and DLC for the publisher's games. Uh, These included AC Valhalla, uh, Far Cry 6, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The service will be coming to Xbox, but Ubisoft hasn't yet announced when. It it also hasn't revealed if pricing will remain the same, with the current subscription going for $15 per month on PC. Uh, Unlike EA Play, the announcement makes no mention of the service being included as part of Xbox Games Pass on either xbox or pc um has anyone actually seriously looked at ubisoft plus
3: nope no (laughs) okay (laughs) too expensive honestly yeah Yeah.
0: because i think it's 20 dollars canadian right yeah
3: that's a netflix subscription that's it's brutal even 50 canadian it's too much just for ubisoft it would be too much just for microsoft
1: yeah
0: it's nice that you get the dlc because i think game pass games you don't get dlc right uh, Maybe this, the base games unless, in most in most cases.
1: Yeah, unless it's worked into the edition. Like, but if it's just usually the new release, they usually don't.
0: Let me take a look at Ubisoft Plus here.
1: Um like Mass Effect uh, the legendary, the the trilogy was added to Game Pass on Xbox PC.
0: Was that added to Game Pass or yeah. EA play?
1: No, no, uh EA play through game pass. But if you have game pass on PC, you automatically have EA play if you connect to the accounts. Right, right, right. Yeah. But like that's that's bonkers. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, uh yeah, Ubisoft plus (laughs) 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 Uh, out of five. Like honestly, like
3: I'm surprised they don't just do like a like a five or ten dollar one, like even eight dollars just to kind of split the difference. Like eight dollars seems kind of reasonable because they're not releasing like how often are they releasing games? You know what I mean?
1: It's. They also have, but they have a massive catalog of games. Like, every single game that has a Tom Clancy name attached to it alone is in there. They have every single Assassin's Creed, every single Far Cry, every single, you
3: know. Oh, I suppose, yeah.
1: Like, there's a lot of, like, when it comes to quantity, yeah, like, the price makes sense.
3: I suppose I didn't think of that stuff, so that does kind of make up for it.
0: I'm surprised they didn't like lower the price. Do do what EA play does where you don't get like the, the new games. You just get like games that are like a year plus old and then like cut the price in half or something. I, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to, to to hear how many subscribers they have and, and maybe they're expanded Xbox and then maybe PlayStation in the future uh, to try to get more subscribers.
3: It'd be, it'd be make, it make a lot of sense because it's called Ubisoft plus now, if they had something like Ubisoft plus and then Ubisoft premier, If they added Ubisoft, if they made Ubisoft Plus like say five to eight dollars, and then that's the old games, like the one year plus, and then the Ubisoft Premier is the day one stuff. If you're like a huge fan, but then have Ubisoft Plus integrate into Xbox because obviously that was a beneficial deal for EA, or otherwise why would they have done it? So then they could benefit from that, and then they're not giving away their you know Valhallas and stuff right away, but with but then in traditional sort of Xbox. Uh, Game Pass fashion, they could still sell you the Valhalla DLCs and such. So they're kind of double dipping, but like for a fair price.
0: Uh, so I mean, it is impressive. If you were like a big Ubisoft fan, and I'm not sure how many of those ex- exist, who like, just love everything Ubisoft, <laughs> yeah. but it says new releases available at launch, premium editions, so you get the DLCs and season passes, and then there's 100 plus games on PC.
3: Holy fuck, I thought, I thought this so, was going to
0: be like 30 games. Like if you're if you're honestly, you know, playing a ton of Ubisoft games, it makes sense. But I just don't know if that person exists.
3: They have like so many specific sort of demographics and like markets. They like the Riders Republic fan crew is probably not. There's probably not a lot of crossover with the crew, probably not a lot of crossover with uh, Tom Clancy stuff. Right. And even Mm -hmm. Tom Clancy has divisions and and the division. I was going to say I get it. (laughs) But like you know what I mean? Like they they cover so many different areas, like sports games and this and that and this and that. They're all over the place. That I don't. It, it, there's not like a concise vision, which is fine, but then it's hard to sell me on. I have a hundred games, but seventy of them I don't care about. It's like well, all right. But bringing it to the Xbox console and inevitably PlayStation, if you know Sony gets their shit together,
1: um, they this might you got add, EA play eventually. Yeah, they they might. This might be beneficial because. Like when you're talking about an EA, like a Ubisoft Plus subscription locked to an Ubisoft client on a platform where people already don't like launching an additional client, <laughs> like to them, they, if it's not on Steam, they don't want to fucking touch it. So at least if they go to a console, you can get those people who are already in a subscription mode. It's like, okay, well, you know, instead of me paying for Game Pass Gold or uh, Xbox Live Gold, I'm just going to do Game Pass Ultimate and just play the Xbox titles. And then they can tack on the EA or Ubisoft as they as they need to. So at least you can get those people on console, which you probably would not ever even get on PC. So who knows? Maybe they might seem, you know, like major increase in uh, in the console one.
0: Here's something I'm confused about. So they have the PC access one, which is the one I just listed. That's $19, $20 a month. They have another one called multi-access. It's $22.99 a month. <clears throat> gives you all the same stuff as in the, the PC access. But then it gives you cloud gaming with Stadia. And it says you can stream games to supported devices on, uh, on your phone, tablet, TV, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't think that includes the Stadia subscription.
3: You don't need the Stadia subscription, though,
1: because the Stadia is just piecemeal. You just you just buy the game. You sorry, you so, can you can have a PS plus like subscription Stadia, but you don't have to. You buy you buy them piecemeal.
0: Oh, I see. So if, yeah. if you buy this multi-access thing, you can then also stream your games on Stadia. For no uh, extra charge.
1: I That's that's how I read it. Okay. The, the, the Stadia model alone confuses the hell out of me. I don't, I don't get how they Do Stadia how they games go on sale? I'm sure. Yeah, I I'm guess. pretty sure yeah. they do. Yeah. Okay. It's just because yeah. the, the thing though with Stadia is you have the option to buy it. So what if every single customer out there bought every single one of their Stadia games and never subscribed? So you as Google are going to sustain those servers forever, even though everyone has chosen that is to weird, buy ain't? a game instead of subscribing to it. Like there is a scenario where they could totally lose out on unlikely but if there is a scenario um,
0: all right well there you have it if you're uh, if you're an Xbox player and you like Ubisoft yeah because yeah,
1: and and to to last point like because Ubisoft games never go on PS plus or Xbox games for gold like you never get a free game through the console ever like those are those have always been excluded so this- uh, we got a uh, uh, steep Oh PS plus. Okay. Oh yeah. Is that, is that fair? Like, is that the most, that might be an exception <laughs> that might be. The ex- okay.
3: They, they, like, they've put games up for free, but not PS plus to my memory.
1: Yeah. Like, like, Other than steep, like uh, games for gold or PS plus, like Assassin's Creed or far cry. have never, those benchmark. No, them, I don't yeah. think I've
0: ever seen something big, that so, big.
1: So the idea of maybe appealing to a console player, 20 bucks here, or even if they do reduce it for, for, um, console because i have to imagine of that 100 plus selection in the pc model those are probably old legacy pc games that also can't go to console so they probably have to curate a library for the console version
0: oh yeah that's right Um, so (laughs) it
1: might they might have to reduce the price you know appropriately
0: no ps3 games
1: yeah unless uh well
0: it's not coming into playstation but
1: yeah all right
0: um Next story here, Sony confirms its next uh, VR headset is called the PSVR 2. This from IGN. <clears throat> so during its CES 2022 press conference, Sony shared new details on its upcoming successor to the PSVR, uh, confirming that the PSVR 2 is the official name. During the press conference, Sony dropped a lot of new information on the highly anticipated headset. It includes the name of the controllers. If it, oh, now, this is kind of funny. So the controllers are called Sense controllers. All right. There's two of them, and you have one in each hand. The Sense controllers. The DualSense controller for the PS5 is a single controller, and yet it's called DualSense.
1: <laughs> so, Ryan, that makes total sense to me. I don't know what's wrong. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally on board anyway, with this. <laughs> I saw that pointed out, and it was, it's a little funny. But I mean,
0: what are you gonna do? If um, only they
2: could have seen into the future and gone, we're gonna call these the Sense controllers. Yeah. What do you want to call them, though? Like the quad sense controllers? The tri-sense controllers? Sense It's got to be
0: more than Dual Sense. Well, no, the Dual Sense should be the, the 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 VR controllers. And this, the sense controllers should be the PlayStation. So thing.
2: you want them to retroactively be like, all right, everybody, the PS5 controller is now actually just called the sense controller, and these I are
1: controllers. I don't want them the to do Dual anything.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, in a perfect world, that's how it would have worked. Cause, uh,
1: because but, cause the other one was called DualShock, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, probably... Yeah.
0: Uh, so these will offer uh, haptic feedback, um, a trademark feature of the available DualSense controller. Um, in their PS blog, they note that the PSVR Two will feature an OLED display with a 2000 by 2040 uh, per eye panel resolution. Uh, I believe that's the highest of the current VR headsets.
3: That's pretty high up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh,
0: and I I think they might consider that 4K because you get across the two. Uh, displays right um, it will also support 90 hertz and 120 hertz with a field of view of approximately 110 degrees uh, Sony also notes that the PSVR 2 will include four cameras on the headset and a controller uh, tracking IR camera for per eye tracking uh, your movements and direction that you look at are reflected in game without the need for external camera uh, the eye tracking thing is interesting and the way I had that explained to me was um, it obviously watches your iris and can kind of load in the higher res textures or assets, depending on where you're looking.
2: I don't know about this government
3: watching my irises all the time,
0: <laughs> but it sounds pretty neat the way it's supposed to work. Um,
3: the way I heard it talked about it too, which is interesting. It was more gameplay. It was uh, the game could be super immersive with no HUD, but if you look up, you'll see like a HUD up there that'll show your ammo and your health. And then you can look like just straight again. And then you'll have like the immersive, no HUD experience.
0: Hmm. Uh, one, one disappointing thing is you need a PS5 for this and you also uh, need a cable. So kind of the nice thing, about the Oculus was the the freedom of movement. You're not, you're not connected to anything. You just need the headset itself, but this one you will, you will need a PS5, which is still hard to get for a lot of people. And, um, and then that cable connected to it.
3: I will say, like, I don't like the idea of the cable, but I have heard, having watched like a variety of VR content now to sort of learn my way around my, my Quest two. There's a small, like, there's a, there's not that many people that say this, but some people do say that a wire the wired headsets, depending on which one you get, of course, are a little bit better. Like they're better fidelity, they're better this, the better that. Uh, very few again, very few people have said that though. But I wonder with this being so new now, like using a PS5, and then obviously now you're buying a headset as well, whether if that, you know, say like that cable difference, if you will, holds true. I wonder if this is going to be like really good, like really high fidelity stuff, especially since now like the PSVR was always sort of a question of like, is Sony doing this as a cash in? That was like a question we had. Mm-hmm. Um now that they have the second one, it's sort of like, hmm, maybe they're serious. So now they may have put in a lot of tech in here, even the Iris stuff. So it's sort of like, maybe this is going to push things forward a bit like mm-hmm. the quest did. Like, I don't know. It remains to be seen, but. Well,
0: yeah, I'm not sure the exact power of the the, the quest.
3: It's like a phone. It's,
0: it's, a, it's a mobile processor,
3: right? It's like a, well, it's a mobile processor that's designed for VR, AR.
0: Right. But I, I still just imagine that the PS5 can still output you know, a better looking game.
3: Oh, Um, oh, certainly. The PC, when you connect it, like when you connect the Quest 2, for example, to Link, uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like wirelessly, there's a way to do it as well, uh, to like the Rift, effectively the Rift software or to like the Steam VR software or whatever all that stuff is. I haven't tried that out yet. But the PC stuff, it's a a higher fidelity for sure. Like people will say that's a way higher fidelity. So... Uh like, is it up to the computing? Is it up to the, like, does the cable make a huge amount of difference still? Like that, I guess that remains to be seen. And this will be a good comparison.
0: Well, I guess it's a nicer solution than what they had before, where you had like several different boxes and cables running all over the goddamn place, mm-hmm. <laughs> connecting your, your PSVR headset. Another thing is with the old one, you needed a, an, a, an external camera looking at you to track your, your move controllers. Oh, that was so and if, stupid. if your move controllers went out of range or out of sight of the camera, it would just it would just lose you, right?
3: And you're going to turn around in shooters and stuff. So
0: you're yeah. like, oh my god, it's so, on the
3: back, turn around. Oh.
0: <laughs> this new one sounds more like the Quest, where it's like the, the headset is tracking everything, right? Yeah. But that sounds nicer. Uh, I'm pretty interested in this, I think. Uh, they also showed off a new Horizon game built specifically for uh, VR. I can't remember the name of it. Horizon... Something, something. Uh,
2: Mountain. Yeah. Peak of the mountain.
0: Mountain of VR. Call of the mountain. If only we had a way of figuring this out. Call of the mountain. Is it? Horizon call of the mountain. You're right. Hey. Ten points to Hufflepuff. Whoa. Hang on. (laughs) Wait. Wait, what? Makes you <laughs> what, think else, what, what else do you think you're?
2: In? <laughs> I don't know. I've taken the Harry Potter house quiz twice, and one time it said Gryffindor, and the other time it said uh, uh, Slytherin. I think so.
1: And then the oh, other, all right, all and right. then the other time, it showed him a, the wrong picture of his childhood. Yeah. What does that? What does that mean? <laughs> what the hell that, does that mean? The the reunion special. You didn't hear about that? No. Oh, damn it! I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna mute my mic for.
0: all right um yeah that's all we got there i'm excited for it uh final story for the week days gone director says it outsold ghost of tsushima but was treated like a disappointment by management uh this is a bit of a two-part story here um so this is from ign so this week ghost of tsushima developer sucker punch announced on twitter that since its launch in july of 2020 the game has now officially sold over eight million copies That accomplishment comes just months after the release of the game's director's cut. While that's great news for the team at Sucker Punch and Sony, the milestone sparked Days Gone director Jeff Ross to speak out about his own contrasting experiences on a PlayStation exclusive. In a quote tweet about Ghost of Tsushima's success, Ross claimed that Days Gone Gone had actually outsold the Samurai Action Adventure title, uh, but was made to feel like a disappointment by management at Ben's studio. And he said, At the time I left Sony, Days Gone had been out for a year and a half and a month. (laughs) <laughs> and and sold over eight million copies. It's since gone on to sell more, and then a million plus on Steam. Local studio management always made us feel like it was a big disappointment. So obviously, people like kind of like were kind of shocked by this. Um, but then, uh, this was reported by Push Square. Ross says that the source of his of his sales were from a trophy data tracking site called GameStat. And during a conversation, he had, um, what's that guy's name? David, with David David Jaffe, I believe, Uh, he revealed that when he was at the Ben Studio and saw Days Gone had sold five million copies, the trophy data was at five point eight million. And since he no longer has access to Sony's official figures since leaving the company, Ross based the eight million sales figures from trophy trackers and the telemetry data. So, we don't really know the sales numbers. They never officially released them, you know. But um, you know,
3: these are like to be like all things considered that it had a. Like, it had quite a bit of sales. Like, and Sony you,
0: still saw a fit to bring it to PC.
3: Yeah, like... and
1: Maybe and to make up can, sales. And you can also pick another game in which they have the sales figures, use the telemetry data from that, uh, that game stat thing, and then do a cross-reference. And then see if, like... But here's how the thing accurate, too. How accurate that is.
2: Here's the thing that's the issue with this though is that when he's going off of trophy data, saying like, "Oh, these are all the these are all the the copies of the games that are out there," that doesn't necessarily equate to sales. What about yeah. everyone who got it from PS Plus? What about everybody who got it from when it was free on place or when it was uh, one of the free titles for PS Four? What about when it was on PlayStation Now? Like, there's lots of people that play Days Gone without having to pay for it. And may have gotten trophies here and there. But, like, what is he saying? Is he just looking for any copy that even had one trophy? Because that could be somebody who got it for free, and they only played it for, like, 10 minutes. And they got the first trophy in the game. They're like, yeah, this game sucks. I'm out. Like, that doesn't necessarily equate to sales. <laughs> so, like, here's the thing. So, Days Gone, I think people agree it's like a, it's a, it's a good game. It's an average game. It's okay. A- across the board, everyone's, like, Ghost of Tsushima is incredible. So, like, obviously Ghost of Tsushima is a really good game. But for him to come out and be like, oh, you know, instead of being like, congrats to that studio, he's like, oh, um, actually, my game was good, too. And management uh, didn't like me for it. It it's sounds like, like it, so- it's, it sounds like the cries of a middle child. <laughs> the, yeah, like firstborn he's just versus like, the newest. <laughs> uh, I exist, too, though. Like, he's just trying to stay relevant. And like the fact that he's also left the company. At this point, now going out and saying this is like other companies are going to be like, we don't want to fucking hire this guy. He's just going to be a crybaby about whatever we like, well, whatever criticism we give him.
0: We also have heard that Sony refused a sequel and and wasn't very happy with Days Gone in general, and that was despite what we've heard as as somewhat good sales. That Sony just didn't didn't greenlight a sequel.
3: It's weird that they greenlit a PC version at all, as right as well. Is that well weird? no? Uh, because I think they're experimenting
0: not. with PC. Yeah. And it's like, okay, here's a game that might not have sold as much as we wanted it to. Maybe we can get like a, a million more sales on PC. Or maybe also, it's yeah. like it appeals to more of a PC demographic.
2: Yeah. because mm.
1: I like, because like it's also it's zombies, right? That's what Days Gone yeah. is. Like yeah. that is a safer uh, uh framework, like a like a theme mm-hmm. that you could probably put onto PC, which would probably get more people. I'm also curious to know if the if the port developer for days gone is the same port developer for, um, horizon, if they probably gave both those games to the same studio and said, Hey, get both these games simultaneously, like work on these simultaneously and mm. get them over. I'm actually going to look that up. Uh, it's uh, the, the game sales are weird.
0: It's like they, they, they they rarely ever tell us how much these games have sold. And I remember something like, um, last of us Two. uh, they, i think they initially announced it was sold like four million right within the first like couple of weeks or whatever it was and then they never gave us another sales number and so it's like well it was a controversial title in in some ways amongst some of the fans if you can call them fans um but like did did the sales drop off after that you know it's just it's just frustrating when you don't actually have the data
3: well, it's also, I guess, a question of what metric Sony is treating as the highest. If they, if someone produces, like, a really stellar game and it only sells, say, a quarter million, so 250,000 co- 250, copies, are they okay with that? And then po- will pour marketing to sell it more? Because we, cause we also have this – like, this sort of argument or whatever, this whole story kind of points to – the vibe that we got when Sony was kind of, when it was reported that Sony wanted to kind of only make these Hollywood quote unquote, Hollywood blockbuster games and that days gone doesn't reach that fidelity, which I would agree with. It doesn't quite reach that fidelity. And because of that, it kind of was (laughs) on the chopping block, like before this, even this whole story even broke. And then this story kind of adds like some information, I guess you could say to that narrative, right? Where it's like, Hey, like days gone two, you know, well, you know, can't be or like or like it's a question rather of if did they say hey Days Gone two can't can't uh be made because of the sales numbers because then it's like well that's kind of not right because it clearly sold millions whether mm-hmm. it's even three million like it's millions or is it a question of the game's fidelity like in terms of the storytelling and this and that and the other thing which is arguably better in Last of Us two I haven't played that myself um so it's it's a question of like what metric or metrics does Sony care about more. Or the most, and maybe sales isn't it. Maybe it's more of the Hollywood side of things, or you know, we don't know what yeah. what, what they're it, treating with more uh, importance.
0: In terms of quality, Day, Days Gone is no Ghost of Tsushima, I, and I like Days Gone. I think I think it's a good um, it's a good game, but it's not it's not it's not it doesn't reach the heights of like Ghost of Tsushima. There's there's definitely some major problems, particularly with the story and the acting in Days Gone that are just not (laughs) up to par with PlayStation's other exclusives. You know,
3: the yeah, Um, the the story (laughs) is like the story is is rather like stereotypical for the most part. There there's it has its twists and turns and and it's and it's and it's like it's not bad. But it's not like I, like I wouldn't be surprised if someone was like, oh, I played it. It's like, you know, a six and a half or seven out of ten. I think it's more yeah. like an eight. But like, I'm fine with that <clears throat> type of game. So like, of course, I'm going to say like an eight, eight and a half or whatever.
0: I'd, I'd give it a six point five.
3: Yeah, see I'm not surprised, which, which is that. which is
0: not a it's not a bad game. It's, I, I think, no, that's I think it, I think it, I had I had fun with it. You know, yeah, exactly. and I even got close to platinuming it. I didn't I didn't I don't think I actually fulfilled that. But I was I was on the path to do that. Um. But yeah, I think Sony just wants a a entire slate of amazing titles. And I think they, they have a reputation for that now. And they probably feel like they need to uphold that.
3: Now um, my one question is sorry John, but my one no, question would be is like with Days Gone Two or not, not with Days Gone Two, with a sequel, I should say Days just in general gone. gone. Day, days also gone. The PSP exclusive. Um,
1: <laughs> they
3: not Vita, but PSP. <laughs> the PSP exclusive. We're reviving
1: the, the PSP. Days uh, gone too. The days. The days are still gone. The <laughs> <laughs> days won't get fooled
3: again. <laughs> How are they supposed to um, identify these these bangers, if you will? These like Hollywood level like games. Like you know, you could argue that Sony could go in there and be like. Days Gone had these problems, fix them in the sequel, or we might cut the third one. You know what I mean? Like, like an iteration is know. an iteration. You're,
0: you're going to have your, your hits and misses, right? It's just it's inevitable. No matter how good the studio is, you're going to have your hits and misses.
3: Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just Na- saying Naughty, that like, Naughty
0: Dog's, Dog's going to have their miss at some point. It's just a matter of time, I think.
3: But uh, let, let's, say, let, let's say like The Last of Us has uh, four planned games. It doesn't, but let's just say it has four planned games total. They do the first one, it d- does good. Does the second one, it does good. Then the third one does, nah. Do they cut the fourth? Or do they say, hmm, you know, do the fourth, but don't do it like you did the third one type of thing? Or is this is this like a, I guess what people are trying to get, or at least what I'm trying to get at, is how cutthroat is this? Is this like, you made a mistake? That's it, Last of Us is cut. Never make a Last of Us again until we reboot it in 10 years.
1: Um, according to a Waypoint article on Vice, um, horizon had a outside studio do the PC port they just didn't mm-hmm. they just had somebody do it with days gone they fought they didn't even want a PC port originally to begin with they didn't and then when Sony said didn't happened, or Sony didn't uh, days gone developers Ben Ben Studios didn't want to do it okay and then when when Sony said hey <laughs> no this is happening they decided to do it in in-house they developed oh. themselves Um. Because they're they're upset because they're, from the beginning there was never an intention for mouse and keyboard support. It was always supposed to be a console <laughs> game. That was their that was their gripe about this. And then they had to, after the fact, adapt it for a a, a essentially a quote unquote console in which they never intended it for. Uh, right,
0: Matt, you weren't too crazy with the with the PSP comments because uh, Ben Studio did uh, Resistance Retribution.
3: Oh, that's right. I like that game too. That's a good game.
0: That's a good game, and and then they also did Uncharted: Golden Abyss on the Vita, which is also, I think, a, uh, I
1: like
3: that game. So too. Considered a good a game, a pretty yeah. damn
0: good Uncharted game.
1: I tried, um, I tried playing that. I borrowed your PlayStation, your your, but you Disney. needed the touch. Uh, controls. But yeah, it was one of the few incompatible games to play on. I
0: think. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Um. So Days Gone was like their first kind of console game since 2007's uh, Siphon Filter: Logan's Shadow which was on PS2. Oh, wow. Woo-wee. So they were they were only doing which, which they also did for PlayStation Portable. They were doing PSP games and then Vita games up until Days Gone. That was their first console game in a long time. Um, so I think they just need to get their your, their footing back, you know.
3: Would it not be harder? And I'm actually asking. I don't actually know. Would it be harder, do you guys think, to start? Because I think they're working on a new IP I read um for Sony. Yeah. So it's like wouldn't it be harder so like like you're saying they're on shaky legs whatever like they're they're new to the console space again or they're getting warmed back up. Now they're on a new IP. <laughs> like w- would that be harder or like less hard than doing like a Days Gone more refined uh sequel? See, I think
0: I think I think Days Gone could have been better. Like I
3: think it could have iterated and and gotten better. S- same here. I cuz like if you really made the story better and you made the acting better the bike was really cool. The zombies were really cool, and the world was cool. And the only thing that really sucked was in in the world, in my opinion, was the uh, the random encounters, which were few and far between. In, in any case, they were a bit too samey. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that really sucked. The beginning was a little meandering as well, but that's a Man. story thing.
0: Remember, they saved this for the like the final reveal at E three. Yeah, this was like their big like you know uh, uh, one more thing type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, they they pitched a open world resistance game. Oh. Uh, that was news that just came out. I know that sounds oh. great. <laughs> sons of pitches, fuck.
1: <laughs> what if they what if they pitch the open world sans, Sons of Anarchy game? Matt, huh?
3: I mean, I would buy that uh, and play that. The would that yeah. would that get you going? That get you going? I tonight. would. I would play
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, with if Sony continues on the PC port bandwagon. That might that might just like get uh because as 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 fruitless as like their complaint was with with the PC port, like Sony pretty much told them they had to do it. Did the days gone developers' complaint is valid to a certain point. They never wanted, they never anticipated it, they never thought they would have hit a PC, so they never planned for it. Um, at least if Sony does go into the PC market, this might be like a kind of a like a like a flag or an alert to developers for Sony that, hey, we have to keep the PC in mind. Even if that means outsourcing it to somebody else, we have to account for that from development early on. At least going forward. Because, hey, if it days gone and none, uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, Horizon. Horizon. Horizon? Yeah, Horizon Forza, whatever. Um, and you got God of War coming. Yeah, God of War is coming. So, like... You say Horizon Forza? <laughs> yeah, I just, I mix those styles together. <laughs> <laughs> so...
0: Alright, that's all I got. Thanks for listening. Uh, Tim, you're back to streaming? Back to streaming for... I'm thinking I'm going to be
2: trying doing the five days a week actually now. Ooh. So we will see how that goes. But you can check that out on twitch.tv slash sidetrack where I'm currently playing Mortal Shell. and uh, I don't think it's going to be a particularly long game. I think maybe only just a couple of streams. So, afterwards, I think I'm going to finally get around to playing a title that at least one of my friends who tunes into streams uh, from time to time has been requesting for, like, two years now, which is uh, Prey. I'm going to finally play Prey. Wait, wait,
3: which one? The new one, right?
2: The... Like OG? the one from twenty eighteen or whatever? Yeah, the oh, okay. one that takes oh, place okay. in
1: on a space station. Right?
2: On the space station yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I started that game. I, I didn't get too far. I want to restart it. But what got me into that game is it uses the Resident Evil 4 inventory system. It's a it's a <laughs> great, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's nice. a great play, yeah, it's a great XY system. Okay. That, Fair and enough. that alone made me start that game. <laughs> I watched um I can't remember what the what the uh, that's incredible
2: for one. But yeah. um <laughs> the I watched a uh, I can't remember what the um the channel name is, but they do really like good deep dive documentaries on video games. Um, no clip, no clip. Yes. Thank you. The no clip documentaries. And they did one on prey. And every time that they tried, I, I watched a good chunk of it. And anytime that they got into what I figured was going to be pretty like spoilery territory, um, I, I skipped ahead. So I, I really still know very little about the actual like plot or um, like characters or story of that game. But, the way that game was made and just the way it works is really fascinating to me. And if you've played Prey before, I would really, really recommend going and watching the NoClip documentary because it's really cool. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited.
1: Uh, you can catch I,
0: us. Oh, go
1: ahead. Yeah, I'm curious to know when you do play it, uh, how you find the difficulty because they had to actually do it uh, an adapt. They had to uh, change the difficulty scaling because the the normal or medium difficulty is was just way too difficult. Like they, hmm. they, they didn't adjust it properly and uh people were kind of complaining out of the, out of the What gate. did
3: Turtle Rock show up and help us? Yeah, i was gonna say it
1: sounds like Back for Blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh you can catch
0: us on the Twitch at twitch.tv slash day one patch uh, media Wednesdays at 830ish nine ish <laughs> Eastern. Uh we'll probably still be doing Back for Blood. And uh we'll see you guys next time. Peace